spoken word. A taste of Melbourne's diverse poetry scene. Poets using their voices to entertain, to move, to take you on a journey. Connecting you to grassroots poetry and performance. Good morning. Welcome to Spoken Word on 3CR. My name is Tina Janukas. 3CR broadcasts from the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I would like to pay my respects to elders, past and present. We have many poets in Australia from different backgrounds writing in languages other than English. And it's a privilege for us to be able to access their work and talk about it on air. Today on the program, I have one such writer, academic, poet, short story writer and playwright, Christos Fifis, who writes in Greek of the migrant experience with much poignancy and power. Christos began his writing career in Greece, where in his early 20s he published his first two collections of poetry in 1963. Since his coming to Australia in 1965, Christos has published two collections of poetry, with another forthcoming soon, a play, and collections of short stories. His work sheds light on the Greek migrant experience in Australia from the perspective of migrants themselves, with all their hopes, dreams and memories. Christos, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Tina. Christos, having begun your writing career in Greece, why did you migrate to Australia in 1965, I believe? Yes, I migrated in uh, 1965. Uh, We must examine what life in Greece was at the time for young people. It was the spectrum of unemployment. Uh, It was everywhere for young people and... uh, Migration was only one way out of it. Uh, I wanted uh, very much to undertake studies, but I had to work also. That was very difficult. So since migration was one way out of it, I thought that I'll go to Australia for about five or six years, work there and uh, try to study and uh, come back to Greece. Uh, That's how most of the migrants thought at the time. Many people thought that they wouldn't go back, but things are much more difficult. When I came to Australia in 1965, I found out that um, in order to find uh, a job, a good job, or a relatively good job, I had to learn better English. And in order to go to university, I had to learn better English. So I took that uh, task, but that is time-consuming, takes a few years. So I was working, uh, I did many jobs uh, when I was a student. I was doing uh, part-time my studies at university and I was taxi driving for about five years. Because you, you finished high school in Greece and when you came to Australia, you didn't speak much English, did you? No, I didn't. Actually, I started learning English on the ship. But that wasn't very much. It was just to introduce myself. <laughs> yes, and you're part of that generation of post-war migrants who came from Greece and Italy and other places when Europe was trying to recover from the effects of the Second World War and Greece in particular also from the Civil, Civil War. War yeah. And when you, you came to Australia, you learnt English? Yes, um, well, I spent a couple of years uh, trying to enhance my learning of English and uh, then uh, I went to, I enrolled at the university part-time 
and took a few years. You studied economics. Uh, well, I studied economics first, and uh, then um, I studied also modern Greek uh, with the University of New England. It was a correspondence course at the beginning. And then I did a master's at uh, Melbourne University. And you were the first director of the Modern Greek Studies program at La Trobe University. Before that, I was also the head of Greek Studies at the RMIT Interpreters and Translators course. It was from 1975 to 1981, and then at the Victoria College, again till 1986. And I went to La Trobe University in 1987. Were you an honorary research associate of La Trobe University and you continue to produce academic work and what I find fascinating about your creative work is the way it complements that academic work. You have um, in Australia focused your creative writing endeavours on the experience of migration. I find that interesting because your first two collections were published in Greece. I think when I read those first two collections I see a very different poet in some ways, from what emerges later. What has been your development as a writer? Well, when I was in Greece, I might say that uh, my writing uh, was much uh, simpler. Well, I was writing, but when I came to Australia, really I came to know the Greek poets in Melbourne. I was familiar with the work of Palamas and Porphyra in, uh, while I was in Greece. Palamas is one of the main poets of the early 20th century, but I read much more about, say, Nikos Kazantzakis, Yanis Zeritsus, Seferis in Melbourne. Also in Melbourne, I became acquainted with Dimitri Tsalomas and Nikos Ninolakis, and also other happenings. It was the migrant experience, the experience of migration, uh, but before we get to the yeah. experience of migration, what you're really saying is that you came to Melbourne and you connected in Melbourne with um, Greek-Australian poets. Also with uh, Greek-Australian poets and uh, with Greek poets. Uh, in Greece, uh, we didn't have a very much chance at that time as a young person uh, to visit libraries and uh, read much. I read much more here because I worked more systematically here. When I read your first collection, though, your first two collections published in Greece, I do find them quite lyrical, uh, but in a very traditional um, yeah, 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 way. That's, that's correct, yeah, yeah. Well, say in Melbourne, I had the experience of the migration, going to university afterwards, and also the protests against the Janta in Greece and protests against the Vietnam War. I met many people in that way, and that affected the way I saw poetry, and it had an influence on my poetic voice. So what you're really saying to me is that you were a different kind of poet in Greece in those first two collections. So I'm wondering, did migration, in effect, change your perception of what poetry is and of what you might be as a poet? Well, I, I might say that it enriched my knowledge of poetry. I came also to know um, many English poets through anthologies. Uh, I did much more reading, and that had an effect of how I saw poetry and how I wrote since then. 
Would you like to read a poem from one of your first uh, couple of collections so we can have an idea of what yeah, kind uh, of a poet yeah, you were yeah, as a very yeah, young yeah, man? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, more lyrical uh, poems. I read one uh, poem called Pasalimani. Uh, Pasalimani is uh, a small port in Piraeus, uh, not the main port, it's a small port. It is a lyrical uh, poem about uh, a boating trip at that port. So it, this is in the late 50s, early 60s? It was about 1961. It's a small poem. I'll read uh, in English two small stanzas. We're not going anymore with yours, and our joy is crazy. And our own dreams bloom in the silence. White foam in the last light. The boat drives in a dreamland. And we go slowly, like in a fairyland inside the Pasalimani. I'll read it in Greek too. Yes, that would be lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Pasta nera, tasraftera, ilistrane takaikia. Pame yalu, aptu yalu, tinochti metafikia. Το διλινό, το γαλινό, χρυσό το κυμακάνι και όλα παλά με μάσκελα η βάρκα στο λιμάνι. Φτερά η χαρά και στα νερά μαζί μας ταξιδεύει και δεν ρωτά σαν την καρδιά που πάει και τι γυρεύει. Δεν πάμε πια με τα κοπιά και είναι τρελή χαρά μας και τα παλιά στη σιγαλιά ανθίζουν όνειρά μας. Άσπρος αφρός, στερνό το φως, Στον ήρωη βάρκα φτάνει και πάμε αργά, εξωτικά, με στο Πασαλιμάνι. Το πόημα έχει certain musicality and some musicians have put it to music. Melbourne, for instance, was the late Costa Cicaderis and Spirus Papuchis. They put it to music in different versions. It's certainly, when I hear it in the Greek, you can hear the music in the Greek. It and, has some music, yes. Oh, yes, it's beautifully musical in Greek. What I find interesting about that poem, as I do many of the poems in your first two collections that were published in Greece, is that musicality is very strong. When I came to read your first published Australian collection that was published here in 1972 called Violetta, which did include in it those first two collections, but also poems written in Australia, there seems to be a gradual but distinct change in aesthetic. What do you attribute that to? Now, you spoke a little bit about the migration effect. What do you attribute this change in aesthetic that's creeping into your work fairly early on in your time in Australia? Well, that was in 1972. I had quite a few years in, uh, in Australia. And uh, I think my uh, wider learning and, uh, and uh, more reading and experience, I think that contributed to a new way, to a new style. Was also the change of lifestyle in Australia, the new experiences of being um, a migrant, uh, did that contribute to your change in aesthetic and to your concerns as a poet? Well, in a way, um, I became more aware with uh, migrant problems about questions of uh, justice and injustice. Also, while in Australia, I was very much concerned with uh, the imposition of the Greek agenda uh, in Greece. I was participating in uh, at, uh, demonstrations and uh, all that had an effect. This is in the uh, 60s and into the early 70s? Uh, yeah, after 1967.
which is when the junta came to power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to read a poem from that collection? Well, uh, I must say here is is from that collection. Well, uh, it's from the earlier collection. It's a good poem. It reflects the internal migration in Greece. Uh, we had also, you see, that uh, we have the migration history, but uh, Greece, after the 1950s, faced a strong internal migration. People were leaving uh, their villages, going to larger cities, especially in Athens, but also Salonika and Patra and uh, other larger cities. And that created a problem with the villages and uh, their parents uh, left behind, abandoning uh, houses. There was a very nice uh, farmhouse I knew. I had uh, good memories of my maternal uh, grandfather's house. And I have written this uh, poem about the farmhouse. I had those experiences with my grandparents, maternal uh, grandparents. It had been published in 1972, but uh, it was in the, the two collections I published in Athens in 1963. And uh, as I said, that reflects uh, the internal migration in Greece. You talk about the internal migration, but the migration to Australia also had the effect of emptying those villages. Internal migration was happening concurrently with, uh, with the international migration. Myself, I had to leave my village because I went to high school and then I went to Athens. I went to Athens in uh, 1960, 1959 actually, and uh, remained there till 1965 when I migrated to Australia. So it was a part of internal migration. But many other people can follow it similar paths. Would you like to read the poem? I'll read the last two stanzas of the... I'll read that in English first. What's the poem called? A farmhouse. It was the farmhouse of my grandparents. In the strangle, the grandfather and grandmother were left alone in the end. Their daughters and sons went to foreign lands. The time has come where bodies wither bitterly, and the old men were separated from their beloved land. I have a home in the heart of my childhood that always blooms green in the far corners of my mind. Buzzing hive of distant laughter, joys and pains, and where I see the known of my own grandfather. And the Greek, στην πάλι ο πάπος και η γιαγιά, στο τέλος μην αρμόνι. Φύγαν στα ξένα τάχαρα οι κόρες τους και οι γη τους. Ήρθε ο καιρός που τα κορμιά πικρά τα μαραζώνει και οι γέροι αποχωρίστηκαν από την αγάπη γη τους. Έχω ένα σπίτι στην καρδιά των παιδικών μου χρόνων που πάντα ανθίζει πράσινο στα πέρατα του νου μου. Βοηρώ με λύση μακρινών γέλιων χαρών και πόνων και όπου θωρώ το γνέψιμο του γέροντα παππού μου. That feeling of loss that migration can create in people is um, already created in you when you are in Greece because you've left your village to move to Athens. Yeah, I had written that poem in Athens actually. It was in 1960. 
So you're already experiencing those feelings of loss before you come to Australia? In a way. Not the same way. Uh, it's like in Australia, coming to Melbourne from Bedigo or Mildura. 3CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. Welcome back. You're listening to Spoken Word on 3CR. I'm Tina Janukas and today I'm speaking with poet, writer and academic Christo Fifi about his work which navigates two worlds, Greece and Australia. Migration bifurcates an individual so that memories are held in two places, sometimes more. As you um, living your life in Australia and creating in Australia, how does this effect of migration seep into your consciousness and how do you deal with it as a writer? Well, in Melbourne, um, I wrote my uh, uh, collection, which was published in uh, 2011, and uh, I deal with the Greek community with uh, issues and stories, uh, especially stories of the Greek community in Australia. One story is about we might say the story of the mother. I wrote a poem uh, about uh, the mother, but the mother who portrays uh, all her life from a young age till she's an old uh, woman at a suburb in Melbourne, thinks of her late husband and uh, the meaning of her life. I'll read it in English if you like, uh, Waiting for the Rain. Mother, the dawn of our life, you are the youth of our world. Marjoram and Basil sent her hands, looking at the sky if it brings clowns. It is a year of great drought in a suburb of Melbourne. But the basket is full of tomatoes and green beans. Today, Saturday, her children and grandchildren will visit. Her eyes and her words told stories and memories of a deprived and rich life. Mother ordered me, she says, to be a sister and a mother with my little siblings. When the day breaks, not to be afraid, to prepare them for church, for school, and when they turn 14, the boys to go to foreign lands. Songs with the village women at the festivals, at the peeling of the corn, in the harvest, and at the mill. Since you were taken, my darling, to go to the cursed war, may the Virgin Mary be with you, strong to go and return. Horrible years may never come back. The war in Albania, the occupation, the civil war, the war where brother killed brother. Mothers, the old women of the village I came to, taught me about the bread, the oil, how to get enough, how 
to resurrect children with caress and with a threatening voice at the same time. How to speak and their words have passion and meaning. And when an hour comes to leave behind your dear ones, to say goodbye to your siblings and villages, when tears dry and words are choked, it takes heart to decide to go with those who are leaving, to say goodbye to the world of your heart. The sea was bitter and rough. And you, my good new friends and sisters, where fate met us on the road of water, let's talk about the past together and what lies ahead. The new homeland is our children, my darling, that we raise together in war, in deprivation and misery. You are gone and you are not coming back and I am left alone. Now that the day is getting shorter, may the cloud rain carriage and rain to make our garden green, to open the roses again. And that poem, of course, is written in Greek. Yes, the original. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah. that's a, a rough translation. That's a rough that's translation, a, yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's a, a phenomenon in your work, is that you, unlike the poet Dimitri Tsalumas, for example, you don't adopt English as a language in which to write. You continue to write in Greek. Why is that, Christo? Because I have written my first works in Greek, and I have a particular love with the Greek language. I have taught Greek. I feel more at ease to speak poetically in Greek. And of course, there's a whole community of Greek-speaking Australians to whom your work would have had an echo to which they would have related. So you had an audience to whom you could address yourself in Australia. That might be true. Uh, the fact is, though, that uh, as the years go, that audience is diminishing because now we have a second, third and fourth generation and uh, they speak not as much Greek. You can't find very many people uh, writing in Greek and reading in Greek. Uh, this is a fact. Uh, and, uh, anyway, we have to face it. Uh. Yes, but, you know, the, the thing, though, is that... Um, in this poetry, in this work, that is in fact written in Greek. And there are other poets also working in, in Greek, but also poets from other communities working in their languages. It's marvellous to be able to access that work because I think it does give us a picture of, well, in this particular case, in, in your work, of the migrant experience from within. And it's uh, marvellous that you're able to translate these poems for us today so that our listeners can actually connect with them. Thanks very much for that. <laughs> we are trying to keep the tradition. Uh, it's a difficult task. It becomes more difficult as time goes. But I'm publishing my books in Greece, and also I have a small audience there too. Of course, it's much more difficult to find publishers in uh, Australia to publish Greek books. That's why also I'm publishing my books uh, in Greece since 2014. You have a forthcoming collection of poetry, which is being published in, in Athens, 
by your Greek publisher from Delphi and Uluru, or in the Greek, Apotus Delphus Keto Uluru, which is, I find, uh, quite remarkable for its range of themes and its and also its poetic reach from the narrative poem, which you develop quite strongly in your poetry written in Australia, but also the lyrical, which you begin with in a very strong way in your early collections, uh, from the past to the present and from the Greek to the Australian. What do you think uh, characterises this collection for you? Yes, um, it is a collection which includes poems uh, written uh, in Australia, about Australia, about uh, Greeks in Australia, and uh, in Greece about Greek issues and uh, Greek history, and also some connection, uh, historical connection between uh, Australia and in Greece, which happened during the two world wars. And in May 1941, many Australians lost their lives in the Battle of Crete. I have written uh, a poem which uh, I was inspired by the poem uh, by uh, John Manifold, who wrote the poem, the tomb of the Lieutenant John Lerborn, uh, AIF, on that poem, I have written a poem of mine, just stressing, uh, for instance, that bushrangers and the swagmen do not surrender, but choose to fight to the end. John uh, Lermont, uh, in the poem, following that tradition, uh, decided to fight uh, alone, to take to the hills and fight alone to the end. And uh, also, I wrote um, another poem uh, called uh, Graham Clarence Pimblot, who fell in the Battle of Crete. Uh, Graham was the grandson of uh, a Cretan migrant who came to Australia in uh, 1861 in Port Augusta. Graham was from uh, Port Piri and uh, Andelai, and he was killed in the Battle of Rethymno in Crete, during the Battle of Crete. I'll read the, the last uh, two stanzas of that poem. Graham Clarence Pimblot, who fell in the Battle of Crete. In 1941, his unit was sent to Greece. He fought on Olympus at the Thermopylae in Corinth and was sent to Rethymno. He was citing some stories of his grandfather, some old Australian songs, and it was May, and the hills were full of flowers. When the Cretan sky darkened, a dark hour for mankind, Graham fell in the battle with the paratroopers. He fell on the holy ground of his sailor grandfather, on the outskirts of Psilorithis, in the battle for Crete. Graham Clarence Pimbloth killed away from Adelaide and Port Piri. His lips eternally in his grandfather's land in Sunda, in the cemetery of fallen Australians in Crete, in the shadow of the White Mountains and Psilorithis. Beautiful. Your work has not been translated into English and you have done some translations here today for us. 
Would you translate your work into English one day? Or would you like to see it translated into English? Yeah, of course, I would like to see it translated into English. These are rough translations uh, I did uh, myself. But to make a collection, though, it takes uh, much more effort. Yes, of course, everyone uh, likes uh, their work to be translated and uh, read. Thank you, Christo, for giving our listeners today a glimpse into an alternative poetic tradition in Australia. Thanks very much, Tina. Thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure. I'm Tina Janukas, and you've been listening to Spoken Word on 3CR. Today, I've been talking with academic, poet and writer Christos Fifis. Spoken Word broadcasts every Thursday at 9am on 855am, or you can listen live at... 3cr.org.au or you can download the podcast. Thank you for listening.